This is 7 Day, episode 116. Speaking of tangents, on Sunday, April 29th, 2015. And now, Creases Jice. This episode is hosted by Banyak and Banyaka with guest Rai TL. This is 8 Bit, episode 116. Speaking of tangents, on Sunday, April 26th, 2015. And now, Creases Jice. This episode is hosted by Ian Buck and Ian Decker with guest Tyriel. You should have heard me in church today. So I, the handbell choir that I direct was playing in church Where today. Where is it going? And, okay, so this is part of the service. And, of course, I chose to do it during the service when there was a baptism. And so we were reciting the Apostles' Creed, and I was spoonerizing. Um, were you doing this out loud? Yes. Oh my gosh, man! So where is it? <laughs> oh, where's a good one? Where's a good one? I believe in Fod, the Gather Almighty, the Heater of Creven and Earth. I believe in Kreezes Jice, his only Lunar sword, who was conceived by the Spoli Hirat, born of the Mergen Vary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was deucified, cried, and was buried. <laughs> so, do you remember? Do you remember during our? Uh, during our confirmation, when we were supposed to, like, yeah, yeah, we were supposed to fill in the blanks for the 23rd song, and, like, guess <laughs> what? Was it yours that was just came out to be crazy? Yep, and guess what? We also were, what? We're, we're doing a call and response version of the 23rd song in church today as well, so I couldn't stop giggling. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's so the story crazy. is in confirmation, so we, we had to memorize the 23rd song, but I had space and so what the pastor did for for the assignment was he took to, to uh, test us on our knowledge test us on our knowledge is he took the version of the 23rd psalm and omitted a bunch of words and said all right fill in the blanks and i think i got the first one because I, I i admittedly cheated and looked at yours <laughs> so the, it, right. started, Terrible. it started out fine and then it just started to go completely off the rocker because i had not read it at all and it was just like what it sort of became a weird Mad Libs version of it. Mad Libs scripture. Man, I, turning it's all too bad that we don't have that. <laughs> <laughs> it's too bad that we don't still have that like written down somewhere. Somewhere that would be that would be brilliant. Give me a verb. Uh, no, <laughs> no, I'm playing this game. <laughs> give me a verb. Ty, give me a verb. Oh, oh man. To bowl. Bowl. Okay. Sure. That's like the sport bowling. Yes. Sure. Ah, not what I wanted to do. <laughs> One sec. The best verse that I know of. All right. John eleven thirty five. Jesus bowled. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Those of you who don't know John oh, eleven thirty five, I had to look this up. I there's no way in hell I know this. There's no way in heaven. Jesus wept. Either. But yeah, Jesus wept. But yes. And I don't you do that because that's the the shortest verse in the Bible. Yep, it's great. So, I think my my weekend was a a little bit less weird, but uh, a bit more important, at least in my life, yeah. because uh, I finally got to present my senior seminar, which I've been working on all semester, and it went pretty well. But I wasn't expecting it to go like well enough to earn the, like, passed with distinction label 
um, which they they implemented because the the class is normally just like a pass fail kind of thing. And so they got a bunch of people who would, you know, just put in the minimum amount of effort possible and possible. otherwise good students. Possible? At what? Po- what? Possible? Did I stutter? Yes. I'm blaming my internet for that one. It sounded perfectly normal to my ears. Well, your ears are messed up. Clearly. Um, but yeah, so they, like you can you can earn a distinction on either your paper or your presentation. And so far, they've only given out the distinctions for the presentation. So I'm actually, I'm, I'm really, really hoping to get like a double, a double distinction because I worked really hard on that paper, like way harder than I worked on the presentation, honestly. Nice. You can do it. Your, your, your yeah, I, I think, paper? Yeah. I mean, it, I think it's a really good, well-written paper and you can check it out. I put the link in the, in the uh, show notes. I put the link to the to the slides as well, but that's obviously only like half of half of the presentation. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's basically the culmination of all of my work for this semester. So now I'm now I'm home free. I've passed my <laughs> senior sem. I could fail all of my other classes and still graduate, but I probably should. Congratulations! Yeah, I probably could, not. I should probably still do do work. Yeah. <laughs> See, now I'm freaking out because I've got literally, well, yeah, two weeks from yesterday, two weeks from last night is my senior recital. Oh, you can do it. Nice. And then I'll be working on my final paper for my classics capstone. I really should have been working that on that That sounds important, too. I mean, <laughs> I have been working on it. I've been, I've been doing a little bit of research. I've been talking with people, discussing people, because there's a lot of philosophy and thinking involved with this whole thing. Um, thinking for a capstone? Weird. Nah. Well... And I mean, Thinking for classics? Nah. Strangely, <laughs> there's very few classics-related things in my capstone paper. Because it's it's a seminar on memory. So looking at how we remember what we remember. And so I'm talking about oh, music. Cool. Um, and so both on a conscious level and on a subconscious level. So conscious level, there's lyrics, obviously, and then this term called absolute music. Um, which is where it, it's... I'm, I'm paraphrasing what Mendelssohn said. But music is able to express what words cannot. Um, so a lot of the ways that music goes on that conscious level, using both musicality as well as words to express its meaning. Um, but then also talking a bit about what JPM talked about um, with our TED talk with him about how music oh, yeah. has subconscious um, meaning and subconscious uses that we're able to use oh, to definitely. memorize and remember. Um, so you basically you've taken your your capstone from one of your majors and basically made it about your other major. Yeah, that's then, pretty cool. Way. Though the way to tie them in makes it a little easier, I think, to remember everything. And and the best part is, is there was originally going to be a paper for the music capstone, but that got canceled for this year because they were like, "Nah, we want you to focus more on your senior recital." <laughs> <laughs> so all right. Incidentally, the my subject for my senior seminar, um, some would argue, didn't have very much to do with computer science because usually they expect like your senior seminar to have some crazy, difficult to understand algorithms that you then have to take and, and explain in such a way that you know normal people can understand. Uh, but my subject was about um, like interface designs for automobiles, hmm. and oh, nice! Not just like. Not just like normal automobiles, but you know, for like um, engine devices in automobiles. 
And so that, that was a much easier concept to convey, I think, because end users have to understand the interfaces that they're, that, you know, they use. Right. So people are already going to be familiar with a lot of the things that I talk about. And a lot of things are tactile as well. Yeah. Depending on, well, depending on which interface, because there was one that, That's true. you know, didn't have a physical interface at all. It was just a voice interface. Fair enough. Adventure time. Adventure time? Adventure time. I'm reading some of the tweets from one of my news articles, which we'll get to in a bit. Ah. Uh, so what do you say we go on adventure? Right. Well, before we go on well, adventure, I suppose we got to talk about listener feedback. Well, before that, we should probably tell our listeners who our guest is today. Oh, yeah. Hello, I mean, hello. They, they, they've heard her before, but they haven't heard her as she is now before. Correct, indeed. So why don't you introduce yourself, ma'am? All right. Well, my name is Ty. Um, I've been friends with these guys for a while. Um, and recently, well, recently kind of in a cascading kind of way that I've come out as transgender. And um, you guys have heard me on the on the show once before, probably. Um, I don't know how long ago that was. Uh, I'll check. I think I think that was yeah, like sophomore year or something. I think it's, so I think it was like two years ago or so. Yeah. It was quite a while, and I reviewed uh, Company of Heroes too. Yep, I remember that. Oh yeah, let's see, going. It was quite a fun, quite a fun time. So I've, I've been kind of looking forward to being back on the show. Um, but yeah, um, since then I've been going through um, gender transition, and so my voice is completely different than it was before. Completely threw me for a loop the first time I heard it because you didn't warn me. <laughs> oh, I probably should have done that. <laughs> I was like, you started talking. I was like, did I call the right person? What? <laughs> I'm sorry. And then you were so hard to hear just because your mic was far away and you were speaking softly. So it was like, I can't hear. But it, what? What did I do? <laughs> yeah, no, my my bad. I've got a new mic too, so it's like, <laughs> and it sounds much better. Well, thank you. And I, I saw like your... right up to my face. Right up to your face. Right up to my face. Um, actually, the episode you were on was episode 32. 32. Which aired wow, that was 14th, 2013. Dang, that's a long time ago. Yeah. That's like ancient history. <laughs> I did not realize it was that far, far away. Wow. That's when I talked about Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. I remember that. That was what we were talking about getting ourselves hyped for it because it hadn't come out yet. Wow. Oh, the first announcement. Oh, my goodness. Jeez. <laughs> good times. Good times. Yeah. Good times. Anyway, I'm glad to be back. Yeah. I'd say, I'd say almost that's a better sign that we do a good job on this show than, than listener you know, numbers is if our guests enjoy coming back. Yes. I mean, you get to hang out with the two of us. What could be better? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I suppose many things. But. <laughs> but that's not to say, of course, that our listeners don't matter, because we love getting feedback from our listeners. Speaking of which... Speaking of which... Andrew... segues. Uh, yeah, I, I'm on top of that right now. I love it. So you were leaning forward um, and it went... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't even have to use my hands. I just, you know... Well, you kind of got to use your hands. There, there's a little button on there that allows you to steer. <laughs> no, I go in a straight line. Always. Always. Okay. Never deviate. <laughs> if I want to turn, I have to turn the world around me. It's really exhausting, actually. I mean, that is why That's we are called the Tangent Show. 
<laughs> True. Wait, nobody called this the tangent show, but they probably should. Um, so it's like anyway, an accurate name. Andrew, speaking of tangents, yes, let's get back to the, the thing that we were talking about before. So Andrew wrote in that um, he would have stayed around for the Studless show at the end of the Fringe, but of course the world decayed into high screech before he got there, so he afforded Thanks a lot, Matt, for, for that. Uh, <laughs> the one thing I think that has ever prevented Andrew from getting all the way to the end of one of our long rambling fringes is, <laughs> is Matt destroying earbuds. Which he does quite frequently. Yeah. He behaved himself true. when he found out that we had a guest, but usually he's not very good about <laughs> behaving himself. Oh, oh man. man. What we this... Never mind. I'm not going to go into some of the things that he said. Incomplete. And before actually, Andrew, before you listen to the fringe um, for this show, I should probably warn you: there is one instance of Matt being really, really loud, but uh, it doesn't last long. So, There's and it's no not scree- high pitched screeching. Well, yeah, sorry, it's not high pitched screeching. It's him screaming and slamming on the table. Fair enough. As Matt does. Okay, I'll, be re- I'll be ready for it. So. Danny. Let's talk about some video game news, shall we? Sounds good. And if you guys ever want to go and find any of the articles that we're talking about, any of the uh, links and whatnot, we have those all listed on our on the link for this show on the website for the show. So that's at thenexus.tv slash eb116. So 8-bit episode 116. Ian, did we remember to do the site promo? That's my job Ian, to ask. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, we... All right, so first up, this is actually a really important uh, topic to discuss, I think, because it, it took the internet by storm, and there's there's this big controversy raging right now, because Steam... Rage, yes. The Steam recently uh, put into effect a, a system where... Workshop creators, specifically, you know, mod makers, could charge money for their creations. Um, they started off with Skyrim mods right now, so because that you know has probably like the largest collection of mods on Steam, possibly. No, pro- yeah, it probably does. Um, and the, there's the, they did a few things that are like different from from normal buying things on on Steam. Um, so the refund policy is actually a little bit more lenient. You have like up to 24 hours to return an item after after getting it in case it's not as quality as you thought it was going to be. Um, all of the mods that, that they have currently available are pay what you want with like uh, a minimum price and a recommended amount set by the creator. Um, but as I said, there's a lot of controversy around this. So somebody started like a petition to get Valve to like basically just wipe out that whole concept and, and get rid of it. Um, there's several. Let's see. Last I checked, they were at like sixty thousand or so signatures, and right now they're at whoa. Okay, they're at one hundred and twenty-three thousand <laughs> signatures right now. Oh wow, that got that went fast. Yeah. Um, somebody pissed. And. And then a few other people decided to protest the idea by hosting bogus mods on on the workshop and charging money for them. And most of these do like basically nothing. Um, just you know, like add an extra apple to to the counter in the bannered mayor or whatever, or um, 
um, you know, the, there was actually one that was kind of clever that was just called give me money. And it would add a beggar into one of the towns who you could just give arbitrary amounts of money and you would never get anything for it. <laughs> so a little bit of commentary, I think about, uh, you know, about modders clever, though. asking for money. Yeah. But like, let's, let's talk about this a little bit and, and where we stand on the idea um, cause I, I, I personally really like the idea of modders being able to gain monetary compensation for what they do, because that's going to enable people to focus more of their time on making good quality mods. And obviously, obviously we're still going to have to like look out for crappy ones, but you have to do that any time that you're going to buy something, you know? Um, and I'm, I'm hoping that it's going to enable like the creation of more big epic uh things you know like like for example gary's mod is would never have existed if if they weren't able to charge money for that um or you know i I kind of want to see more things like like that one skyrim mod that added an entire (laughs) and it it was basically an entire game unto itself where you go and explore the like the khajiit home home area um and it had a bunch of its own missions and stuff um, so like, that's something that I would definitely do it for. Yeah. I think, uh, if I may just like, uh, jump in here a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think a really cool implementation of this was just announced and I'll, I'll get more into this later with the, uh, world of warships, um, review that I'm going to do later, but the Wargaming, the company that makes world of warships, uh, and world of tanks and whatnot, we don't remember world of planes that never existed. Um, <laughs> that was uh, the one that I enjoyed. The- Oh, it was so bad. It was so terrible. <laughs> it was so bad. Try War Thunder. You'll like it. Um, okay. um, anyway, where I was going with that was the, the modding community. They're in the closed beta and closed alpha for World of Warships. There was actually a, um, a really unfortunate mod that was introduced that made it too easy for some of the long-ranged uh, ships to be able to land hits. Uh, mm. It would give a lead indicator to their shots. And a lot of the, the shots in this game are taken at really extreme ranges and you have to really calculate where the shots mm-hmm. are going to land if you're playing like a cruiser or a battleship. Um, and that gave too much of an unfair advantage to players that you started using this mod. So Wargaming uh, is going to make it so that all mods have basically passed through them first, where they will give an, they will give an okay by the company to release it. And I feel like that could kind of benefit Valve as well if they like, you know, let all the smaller mods go in without be having, you know, to charge for it. But as soon as they gain enough popularity or have enough invasiveness into the game, then they can go through, um, like, the developer, like, have a, a small developer team that goes through and checks these and then allow them to charge for their content. Yeah, that's definitely a consideration that you have to take when you're, like, allowing mods for an online multiplayer game. Um, I'm, I'm frankly kind of surprised that Wargaming even allows mods at all. Because that, yeah, when you have game-changing things in a multiplayer game, then some people are going to have the mod, other people aren't necessarily going to be running it. Um, That's true. Yeah. Um, in World of Tanks, it's actually pretty interesting. You have a huge variety of mods that you can choose from, most of which are just cosmetic, like in cre- mm-hmm. making the engine sounds more really realistic or the gun sounds more realistic. Or uh, you can have things that keep track of your damage that you've dealt to other people or have been dealt and you can kind of keep track of the environment a little easier that way and so it's a really really minor kind of 
playability increase for people who want that. Um, but none of the mods there, with the exception of one that the probably should be an in-game feature at this point, uh, called Artillery Battle Assistant. It'll, it just gives you a new viewpoint that you can view the battlefield with. It's actually really fantastic. Um, and luckily the Wargaming has given it its, um, seal of approval. So that one's legal to use. Cool. And frankly, they should have added it in the game to begin with. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Try Battle Assisting and be like, whoa, this is really cool. (laughs) It's, Yeah. It's, but it's always scary when you're like the last player on your team left because you're an ultra <laughs> and it's like, hey, am I going to be able to take out like the two or three? Nope, nope, I, I don't chance. There's no way. <laughs> I've seen it happen like once. once. Yeah, it happens. Not very often, of course. Sniper. Yeah. <laughs> sniper, no sniping. I'm dead. I think I think that my biggest problem with the current the current setup for the Steam paying for mods is um the the like revenue share is uh the the creators only get twenty five percent of the revenue really? uh, and then the other seventy five percent yeah is is split between Valve and whatever company published the the game that the mod is for hmm. so that seems really really bad um and i mean like even i i can't think of anything else where valve takes that much of a cut from from a sale you know even if you're selling in-game items or or like steam trading cards or whatever they take like you know five percent or something like it's a very small fraction that valve takes i guess i have less of a problem with valve taking they're a little bit of a cut uh, and more a problem with um, the fact that it just encourages people to release mods that either aren't done like DLC or to just release them because they're going to get paid, not because they truly enjoy the game. Right. Yeah. And, and of course we already have had one um, where the, like the mod used like required you to have another mod installed to to work and because the the maker of the other mod that wasn't uh asking for money didn't like the idea of you know another mod asking for money while using their assets they were like you know that the they asked the person who made the the mod that did cost money to take it down um and they they obliged you know they, they took it down and it'll probably just be a free mod but you get into some weird situations like that, <laughs> yeah. You know where you're not exactly like stealing another person's, um, another person's stuff, but requiring that they that somebody have the other mod installed. It's like that, that's a really gray area thing. I mean, in some ways, you could consider it free advertising, but that would also be unfair to the the purchaser because if they have to purchase then two mods in order just to play the one. Oh yeah. Oh, that's true. I hadn't even considered that the other mod, that the required one, might be paid for as well. Huh. Yeah, we'll see how where this goes. It's but it's it's definitely an important uh, an important stone. I think important mod in PC gaming is this this whole discussion. Yeah. I mean, it's it's where where do you draw the line between creativity and creative freedom versus just doing stuff for profit? Um, yeah, and I mean. Although in some ways I much prefer the idea of just having three mods because that way the only people who are actually doing stuff are the people who want to do it and who love doing it um, and want to do something cool with it. Um, 
I also think that the people who do a really good job should also get some sort of revenue from it. So I, yeah, I guess I, I, I think it's a cool incentive for people who, people who want to make something cool have this like dream that at the end, maybe they'll get paid for it, but they have no idea if that'll even happen. Yeah. That's kind of cool to me. Yeah. I, I also, I think about it kind of in the context of our show too. You know, we, we spend, I, well, at least I spend a, a lot of hours a week monitoring the news and gathering stuff for, for each episode. Um, and if we could make money off of this, I would love to, you know, like take that as, as kind of a, a, uh, you know, something that tells me that it's okay for me to spend a bit of time where I'm not doing homework <laughs> preparing for the show. Yeah. Yeah. But but it's okay because I like doing it. We do so. it because we love it. Yeah, we'll do it anyway. <laughs> and I mean, in this way, you can also think of it this way. We can put out whatever we want and we don't really have to worry about what the audience thinks because we're not trying to sell ourselves to anyone. If that, yeah. But I feel like there are a lot of people who make things who make money off of it, who are making it based on their own creative goals. And, and the audience just happens to be there. Um, I mean, that's sort of what real art is in some ways is it's not yeah. created to be, it's not created for a profit or it's not created for some extra agenda. It's just created because the person wants to make it and has fun making it. And then they just have to make a profit because people enjoy it enough to buy it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, so speaking of um, sort of art and some cool, uh, one of our favorite games that has a really distinct art style, Borderlands! Yay, Borderlands! This kind of sad, <laughs> um, though exciting at the, same at the same time. So Matthew Armstrong, the creator of Borderlands, is leading Gearbox for what he describes as a new adventure. So he... Um, Let's see. So and he specifically I, chose this time to leave so that he wouldn't like mess up the development cycle for any of the Borderlands games or anything. Yeah. Which is nice. <laughs> That's pretty interesting though. I wonder what he's going to do next. I have no I don't even know if it's like gaming related the what he what he wants to do. Um but somebody else who recently left a company uh and is doing something new, I know for a fact, will be doing something that's related to gaming. So Phil Harrison, who up until recently was the head of Xbox Europe, um, he started his own new company called Alloy Platform Industries. And they haven't really said anything specific about what they're working on next, uh, but we know that it's going to be related to gaming and that they're licensing some technology from Microsoft that like the public doesn't know about yet, basically... The only reason that he knows that it exists is because he worked at Microsoft and was a high up uh, there. So could be exciting, but I don't really know anything about it yet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, either way, cool things. Cool things. Adventures. Adventures. And we can only hope that they go well. I mean, Best of luck. If it's anything like Adventure Time. Anyhow. Um, I'm assuming you talked about the Phil Harrison? Yes. Okay. That what we just talked about. Sorry, I was still stuck on Gearbox. Reading through some of the tweets. 
I'm sorry. I like to think about things, and then I get. Distracted. I mean, I I can tell when you when you get that blank look on your face that you're just you know <laughs> lost in the story of of whatever we were just talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least I find it interesting. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. So speaking of things that were created because people loved them and wanted to do them and kind of silly stuff, Carbo Space Program. And all the silliness involved comes out of early access this week. Feels like it's been so around for forever. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say, what's what's changing now that it's out of early access? Um, so basically all that that means is that so when they first started the project, they had like a list of the minimum things that they wanted in the game. Um, and they have now reached the point where they have all of those things. Um Oh, cool. And so that doesn't mean that they're going to just all of a sudden stop uh, development on it. Um, but but now they've kind of yeah they've they've hit a point where they're comfortable saying that this is this is a released product, um, and whatever that even means in this day and age, you know. Um, I was going to say with with this, Steam early access and forever betas, it doesn't really mean too yeah. much anymore. Yeah. Um, the other thing that it means, and I don't know if this is actually related to coming out of early access, but they now have female Kerbals in the in the game. So there you go. Nice. You ever wanted to? Oh God! Oh God! Insert all rocket ship innuendos here. Oh no! <laughs> you are going there, aren't you? Somebody. Yeah, he to. already did. I don't think he did. This is the innuendo show, after all. <laughs> I mean, when you're oh, playing sorry, Besieged, I thought it was an eight bit. <laughs> when you're playing Besieged, you have to like actually try to make something that's penis shaped. In Cripple Space Program, that's just kind of like the default, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you can still loose your load though. Oh lord! <laughs> you can also build 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 big extendo things. One of the things that I built in Besieged um, was because I could. It was a thing on wheels that went forward as far as I could, and then. Sort of like a big scorpion tail where you press the button and then it had a bunch of extensions that oh, extended <laughs> the spike on the end. Of course. So I telescoped the spike into a laser. It was great. Nice. So that sounds pretty cool. Dispenser. <laughs> One of my favorite YouTubers, Markiplier, um, of course, made oh something my God, that, I love that he, guy. Called, he calls it the not a penis, which is spelled not a penis. And, you know, when in throughout the entire videos that he makes about the not a penise, he's trying to sell it as a farm implement uh, and <laughs> telling you about all of the great things that you can do with it for farming. Uh, and then, of course, just, you know, killing little peasants with it. <laughs> Smacking them with your dick. I mean, that might work with the one, that I, built. Rude. The one that I built yesterday. So I, my girlfriend... Um, one of her research projects that she's doing because, okay, she had to do a creative thing for a class. Um, so she decided to look at the symbol. I have absolutely no idea where you're going with this, but I am like hooked already. <laughs> <laughs> so creative project had to do research project. So she's looking at the symbol of the phallus um, in ancient, like Bacchic festivals and whatnot. Um, and sort of how it was okay. a symbol and how it was like a god or a symbol of like fertility and protection, actually. Like people would wear necklaces with phallus or with phallus eye on them um, as 
or phalli on them, not phalli, phalli on them as symbols of protection. Um, and so one of the things that that people did at these at these big um, these big Bacchus festivals, these big Dionysus festivals, is they would carry around a giant phallus. So on, on Saturday, I helped her build, or at least, okay, so chicken wire with <laughs> foam inserts and then a foam thing on the top. Um, it hasn't been painted yet, but we used the, the um, uh, plaster of Paris wrap all the way around this thing. So there is now, I, I have, I can say that I have erected a phallus that was taller than I am. <laughs> a story for your children, I'm sure. So I kind of got stuck on the concept of, of wearing a phallus as like a protection charm because now I'm trying to imagine somebody using their penis to try to protect themselves and it doesn't end up going well in my mind at all. I mean, there was, uh, I'm trying to remember who it was, but there was a comedian who was talking about how all weapons seem to be really phallic shaped. So if, if you want to think about a phallus as a sword or a missile sure, or a bullet, I mean, if you think about it, they're all... Very phallic shaped. Right. My penis also is not made of metal. Not yet. So there's the big difference. Not the clarity has not <laughs> we yet have the technology. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, six million dollar dick. <laughs> I'm putting that in the titles. <laughs> oh, no. You gotta complete the set. You have a sword and a set of bolas. <laughs> Uh, as long as you don't like snip the cord or anything wrap them up you you tie the cords you don't snip them right well you do have to tie it snip the cord before you tie them i mean i think i know how the how um shoot what are those called how that procedure works yes vasectomy thank you god and of course, whenever I think about that word, it reminds me of a Jeff Foxworthy joke where he was looking at a billboard um, that was advertising vasectomies. And he was just like, dude, why would you ever do that? And trying to think of some of the weird slogans that he would never want to see. No, he was talking about how he saw the cheapest LASIK vision on a billboard. And he was talking about how if he had seen that on vasectomy. So the worst one that I think was buy one, get one free. Oh, God. <laughs> We can go as a pair, Ian. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> no, but seriously, though, that's cool that those exist. Um, the bad slogans or vasectomies in general? <laughs> those in general. Okay, or six months <laughs> Well, that too. <laughs> Can't go wrong with that. The world is great. Let's just leave it at that. Actually, you totally can't get wrong. I mean, okay. Somebody actually so, trust to you. All right, moving on. Moving right along. Speaking of tangents, <laughs> yes. Uh, so I've always kind of been a sucker for games that like blend 2D and 3D worlds in in really cool gameplay affecting ways. Um, so I found this one called Intersection. That um, it's not out yet, but it it places the player between two two dimensional worlds, which are perpendicular to each other. So whenever you move, uh, you know, for example, left and right on on in world A, um, then world B, the intersection of world B will move with you. And then you can move, uh, you know, left and right in world B as well. And so you have to 
have to strategically move in four directions to to bring it's crazy to like to bring the different platforms to yourself um and it it, i mean it really is it really does work just like moving through a 3d world sort of except that you can only see a part of the 3d world um and then it it almost seems like yeah it almost seems like the the instead of the player moving it's like the worlds are moving are sliding around under your feet um and and your player character stays in place so that's where you learned how to drive a segway yeah yeah exactly i just i have two segways one of them goes forward backward and the other one goes left and right and i have to hop between them you know in order to uh to yeah move as it's the world turns <laughs> around mhm perfect all right so New game, or I guess a reboot of a somewhat, somewhat old series. It's not that old. Um, so Overlord. Overlord. Is that the one where you like sacrifice your tiny minions to do your bidding, to do your bidding? Yes. I've heard of it. Never played it though. It's it's very silly. I haven't finished it, but I have played it a little bit, and it's very silly. Um, and if you would like, it seems like the opportunity for us to possibly. Be sillyly evil together. Oh boy, I'm excited. We should do that. Might be happening. So, a <laughs> uh, new game has been announced. It hasn't been, um, obviously, it's not finished, but uh, Overlord Fellowship of Evil um, is going to be a four person co op Overlord game. Um, oh no. It looks like it actually is going to work a lot like Gauntlet, to be completely honest. But... Oh, interesting. But so, okay, let, let me read the description, and this is essentially what the, they say in the video as well. I'll just go over it faster. After the, destruction of, or after the destruction of our last overlord, the land was in a state of pastoral bliss, filled with pleasant conversation and tingly niceness. Or tink, tinkly niceness, not niceness. <laughs> it was Beautiful. also very dull. Evil, it seemed, was on its last legs. We minions searched high and low until we found our salvation. All that remained was to find the right evil candidates. Dead evil candidates. The brutal Inferna, legendary warrior, crushed in aggressive altercations with rock trolls. Devilish necromancer Malady, who extinguished her own life in return for a nefarious dark curse. Dwarven Road Hakon and Darf, Dark Elf, not Darf Elf Prince. <laughs> dark Elf Prince Cryos. Was that one on purpose or not? That was not. I, can I just can't tell with you. <laughs> See, I, I get to the point where I get tired enough where I try and do it correctly, and then I do it by accident. Or it's even worse when I try and do it, um, or you try and do, do one on purpose, but it comes out, but it comes out normally. normally because I'm so tired. <laughs> anyway, so and Dark Elf Prince Cryos killed by each other's hands, a two for one evil bargain. And so, with the resurrection of these dark champions, we begin to spread a little chaos again. Oh, sounds like fun though. I'll totally play that. So those are the list of uh, possible player characters that you can yeah. you can do in the game. Yeah. So it looks cool. like you have um, fighter. Um, let's see. Oh, okay. So let's let's see. Legendary warrior, necromancer. So obviously mage from a distance. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. Let's see. Dwarven There's a dwarf in there somewhere. So, so, and then it looks like there's two deeps, two melee deeps characters as well. So okay. We'll, we'll have to see how that works. 
So Daredevil, as a surprise to like nobody ever, will be getting a second season in 2016, which is really, really exciting for me because as it turns out, the more that I think about it, Daredevil might be my favorite thing in the Marvel Cinematic Universe so far. Like it is just yeah, it is a really, really, like that. really good. Hmm. Sh- yeah, everybody should watch it. Even even if um even if you're a little queasy about like the the incredible violence that's in there, um that's the whole point is you know they're they're not like glorifying violence or anything. They're using it in a way that makes you really uncomfortable about while watching and you know makes you feel a little bit a little sick. Uh, <laughs> so I mean if if you if you don't if you don't watch the violence and go like, oh, ew, that's terrible, I kind of question your sanity a little bit. <laughs> um, but there, gosh, there's just so many things that they do that are really good in that show. Cool. I'll have to go give it a look. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, thanks for the Netflix. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so I can actually go and watch that show. Well, so far, the only one that I've watched is um, Spartacus Blood and Sand. Um, that is definitely not made to be anything complex story-wise. Actually, I should totally go and check on, you know, like, because you uh, and Caleb and Stone have, you know, your own profiles on, on my Netflix account. I should go yeah. and see what it suggests for each of you <laughs> to watch. <laughs> Just see how weird the lists are. Yeah, it's not too bad. Spartacus is, was an HBO show, but again, the, the acting is not necessarily the best. There's not incredible amounts of plot and story so far. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of blood, a lot of boobs, and all of the special effects are really, really bad. <laughs> so up until you said that, I'm just like Game of Thrones. Yep. I was Except going to jump in there story. and say that I usually like HBO's quality, but... And I mean, there's. I, I. I'm not saying I don't enjoy it. I'm. I'm. I'm absolutely enjoying it. The really, really bad just acts to the, or adds to the charm. To be completely honest, because it's like something that I can sit and laugh at. Yeah. I was gonna say it sounds like something I have to drink and watch. <laughs> you could make a drinking game out of it. You certainly could. I'd be up for it. Done. So I just thought of something. Um, is like is the okay? I'm sure that other people have done this before. Go. And on a shared Netflix account, just like sabotage the other people's like recently watched list, just to oh my create God. crazy, crazy suggestions for them. That sounds I might wonderful. Gonna... You guys should do that to each other. I will make to do that to my brother. You said it. You totally don't understand. Can, can we put nude nuns with guns on your brother's account just because we can? <laughs> Sadly, that is a movie. Oh my God. I don't remember how I stumbled across it, but I know I did once. It's just like, this is a thing. Why? So let let, let me. Never mind. I'm I'm going to be opening this on on an incognito tab just because I don't want this on my actual search history. <laughs> Are you sure? This sounds like it. It definitely needs to be in your real search history. How about not? Let's see. From IMDb, it got a three point nine. That's pretty that's high for a really right? shitty movie. What? Um, I, I said, is that out of 10? Yeah. Okay. I mean, the, okay, the subtitle is This Sister is One Bad Mother. <laughs> I 
The film was subject oh, to one of the largest copyright lawsuits in California. Oh my god. The two lawsuits things the, couldn't end for it. The two lawsuits are the first time that two different companies claiming the intellectual property rights of the same movie are each suing the same alleged five thousand eight hundred and sixty five BitTorrent downloaders. That's interesting. That's <laughs> It's so bad it gets better. <laughs> All right, so let's move Okay, what's on. next on headlines? Because the, the next yeah. thing is actually really, really cool. Yeah. So creative I'm pretty pumped assembly, for that. Creative Assembly has, annou- has officially announced Total War Warhammer with a sweet trailer. The factions we know about so far are orcs, goblins, the Empire, dwarves, and some undead, and the forces of chaos. Oh, this is Warhammer, like, not 40k. Sorry, Correct. I just lost it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's still still same uh, Games Workshop universe. That's true. Um, right, but I mean the the, oh, the Warhammer Forty Thousand universe just has some crazy awesome concepts in it. Um, Spice Marine. I don't know like, too I've, much I'm, about it. Maybe like the Tau a lot. Spice Marine um, for the greater good. Are they the ones who like assimilate other cultures into their empire? Yeah, exactly. Okay, they're, yeah. The, they're the quote unquote nice ones. Yeah, the witch ones. I definitely like them. Um, but no, like like Sam Roth and I have just sat at lunch a few times and just like discussed the crazy implications of uh, I think they're called the Tyranids, um, which are this crazy like hive mind that has come from outside of the galaxy, and there's like several different fleets of them. But they all seem to be sort of connected, and so it's like, in in my mind, I, I immediately went like, okay, are they part of like this gigantic entity that is like, in like, unimaginably huge, and we're like, our galaxy is basically just like a cookie that it's eating, and we're all germs on this cookie. Um, and then I started uh, thinking, you're saying like, Tyranids, and now I'm getting a Zerg. Kind, they kind of are like the Zerg, but I think. But I'm just like much, much grander in scope. Um, cool. And like, and in my mind, I was like going like, okay, so what? Like, what if the humans, the the empire, are able to like convince the Tyranids that it's like to their advantage to leave most of us alive, and we'll just kind of like create this symbiotic relationship where like we provide resources to them and they don't obliterate us. And it'll be just like, you know, the, the bacteria that live in human, in like the human intestines and stuff. Um, and, and it just kind of blew my mind. It's an interesting concept for sure. I don't know no, enough about it to really weigh in. You know, dog, I heard you like symbiote, so I put a symbiote in your symbiote so you can survive while you survive. I like it. Unfortunately, yeah, this isn't, this isn't that Warhammer. This is the other Warhammer. Yeah. I mean... It's still a fun game series, and Total War makes really fun games because it's so. Um, oh yes, you move different armies around, and you have uh, both turn-based strategy and real-time strategy. Sort of mix where you have the turn-based strategy on the overall board, and then the individual battles are on a real-turn strategy base or real-time strategy basis. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the the article from PC Gamer that we have linked here has some really really good. Um, analysis of like what each of the the factions might be doing within within like the total war framework you know so they're like talking about the the orcs probably won't be doing your traditional um empire building and stuff in 
be in the turn based, uh, but they could easily fall under like the, the same system that the the Huns did in the Total War Attila, whatever whatever that game was titled, um, where they're like nomads and kind of move around and pillage a bunch. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of strategy. Galactic Civilizations 3 is uh, almost ready to come out of beta. It will be launching on May 14th. So that actually didn't take as long as I was expecting, because usually with gigantic games like that, you know, they've got development cycles of like two years or more. I mean, as long as they don't rush it like they did with Dragon Age 2. Ouch. <laughs> so, um... Actually, not necessarily a continuation of an old one, but one similar to that. The creator of Ash Creed, Assassin's Creed, <laughs> has announced serious? his next project <laughs> called Ancestors, the Humankind Odyssey. It sounds like it'll be similar to Assassin's Creed with lots of historical interpretation, not to mention being a third-person action-adventure game. That is the most descriptors I have ever had for a single thing. Um Third-person action-adventure. However, it will be in much smaller doses as it is episodic. Yep. Interesting. We'll have to see where it goes. I've been kind of disappointed with the last Ask Creed's. Yeah, I was almost ready to be done with the series after uh, Assassin's Creed 3. And basically, I, I told myself, like, okay... The only thing that could bring me back is if they did one that was just with, about like the naval combat that they had in Assassin's Creed Three. Oh my god! That was, like, I could, my see, favorite I could part. play a whole game about that. <laughs> and then they like immediately announced Assassin's Creed for Black Flag, and I was like, "You mother! Ah! <laughs> I have to buy it." <laughs> yeah, true. Oh man, I still haven't played it, even though I love that concept. It is. It is a good Nothing one. Fool is um, me. Assassin's Creed 4 might not be my favorite game in the in the entire series. I think that's still number two. I actually spent more time playing Assassin's Creed 4 because there was just there was so much stuff to do in um you know in in the overworld. Um and like I I never got bored with with it. So yeah. I I spent a lot of time playing that game. <laughs> it was like I think it was around, around 40 hours or something. Yeah. So this is probably the the greatest team up that I've ever heard of. Telltale will be coming out with a Marvel game in 2017. Oh hmm. my god! And I thought, and I thought that like a Telltale um, Game of Thrones game was the best that we could ever hope for. <laughs> I don't know. We have Patrick Warburton in the Borderlands. Oh my god! Seriously, I need to play it now. Yeah, I freaking Actually, yeah. love that guy. Tales from the Borderlands is, I think, the best Telltale game that I've ever played. It's amazing. It has such a great sense of humor. Still haven't played it yet. And like, it, it comp- gosh, I need it comp- to. <laughs> it compresses like all of the jokes that you get, uh, in in you know like the Borderlands games into nice two hour uh, episodes. So you're basically just constantly laughing throughout the whole thing. It's amazing. That sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, hard to go wrong. It's really hard to go wrong. Are those games much like like a visual novel or? Um, they're actually in recent years. Yeah, the Telltale games have um gone even farther away from the point and click uh 
you know, genre because they've, they've basically just gotten rid of almost all of the puzzles they, they used to put in. And they're, they're, yeah, they're pretty much visual novels with a lot more movement. Okay. Yeah. Do you remember that pick your, do you remember when Goosebumps used to have pick your own story adventures? Yeah. That's what Telltale is now. Okay. Well, I'm okay with that though, because that's really similar to visual novels from Japan that I really like. Wunderbar. Mm-hmm. All right, so everybody a little bit different usually. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. I'm okay with that though. Variety Mm -hmm. is good. All right, so I don't know how many of you guys remember PT, which I can't remember the acronym for. Um, Uh, You guys can help me out with that one. Playable teaser. Uh, You know that that house where you walk around. It was like a. I only learned about it after I knew after people figured out it was a Silent Silent Hill teaser. but that was made up with uh, Hideo Kojima, Guillermo del Toro, and Norman Reedus. I mean, first of all, that's a fantastic trio. Um, a really unexpected think, one, but fantastic. Yeah, I mean, amazing. And I was really, really looking forward to it, even though I'm like total pansy with scary games. Um, but well, that game is no longer in the works, and PT has been removed from the PlayStation Store. Makes me cry. Yeah, truly wow. sad. Truly, well, truly terrible as for why i think that this has to do something something to do with the fact that kojima is no longer really going to be working with um which company is it again which whatever company uh has been has been publishing all this stuff um no it was konami yeah Mm. um because you you remember that whole thing with like uh, they they like removed all references to him from like the Metal Gear Solid Five website, and people were like, "Wait, is he still part of the project? Is you know, uh, did you fire him? You know, what's going on?" And they're like, "Oh no, 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 he's still very much part of the project." Um, but uh, evidently, he's not part of this project anymore, and this project is not happening. <laughs> Just, I'm sad that, um. I'm a little surprised that they completely got rid of him from the website, though. That just feels a little extreme. Yeah, I don't know if they put him back after everybody noticed, but it happened. Interesting. Well, I mean, what can you do? (laughs) Uh, What can we do? Not very much. We can just talk about it. That's that's about it. (laughs) Hey, look at what we're doing. Look at what we're doing. Damn. Actually, ironically, this came up or this came up um, in while well, I was having brunch today that there was a Silent Hill game that was being made by Guillermo del Toro. Okay, so <laughs> I guess you'll have to break to whoever you were talking to. Uh, it's not happening anymore. Yeah, it'll probably be really sad. Yeah, but keep in mind this is the it's same. Never- this is the same kid that absolutely loves. Um, uh, Dark Souls and Dark Souls 2. Mm. And can't wait for Bloodborne to get his ass handed to him. <laughs> well, I mean, Bloodborne's out. It is? Oh. On PlayStation 4, anyway. Yeah. Okay, that's right. He's only got a PS3. That's why he doesn't have it yet. Oh. Yeah, I don't think that it'll be coming to PS3. No. So he's he's waking on it. He's actually thinking about getting a PC tower at the end of the summer, anyway. So I'm going to talk with, or I've talked with him a little bit and help me build it. Or to, to let me help him build it. Yep. I can give suggestions for, for good components to put in. Yeah. I mean, 970 I actually have, have all of the parts 
Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. 970 is still at a wonderful price. You know, Amazon? Um, I, I have all of the uh, components for a desktop sitting here in my room because uh, <laughs> we're going to build uh, Liv's younger sister a tower. Uh, Do you guys need a sound card for it? Because I have an extra. You know, sound cards are something that I never, ever have thought about because motherboards always just come with all of the connections that you need. Um, right, right. And I'm not, I'm not like the biggest audiophile. I'm pretty happy with like, you know, MP3 level of, of quality. Oh, yeah, for sure. This one's really nice for headphone sound, though. Okay. Pretty cool. I mean, if I were to take that, I would probably take it for myself and not give it to anybody. Yeah. <laughs> it's all yours if you want it. I'm just okay. not using it anymore. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, both the other computers in my house already have one. And I don't know why, but I just cannot make it work with my uh, audio setup. So <clears throat> to gift it goes. Yay. Look, something something actually just, uh, you know, came of this show. that like <laughs> <laughs> Something physical. Is, yeah, materially benefiting me. There you go. Like it. <laughs> I'll pat yourself on the back. <laughs> Are you quite finished? Um, sure. Yes. Beautiful. <laughs> so much. Sarcasm. All right. Uh, oh, that's right. So our our final um, yeah our final headline for the day is King's Quest, um, which is a game that came out when I was significantly younger. It was. If it's the one that I remember, um, <coughs> it was sort of a click and point adventure game with so many puzzles, okay, I'm like ridiculous amounts of really hard, and really good puzzles. Um, and wouldn't you know it, it's getting a reboot. And although we've known this for a little while, they just they released a um, a development blog trailer for it or a development video for it. So if you guys want to see where that's at right now. Can go and give that a check. Um, I'll take a look right at that. Now, the game looks visually very nice, um, and I don't know if they said that they were going to keep the puzzle island or not, since I didn't get to watch it entirely all the way through. But they'd better because that was the thing that made King's Quest King's Quest was the amount of puzzles that it had. I remember when this was first announced um, during the Game Awards, and I had never heard of it before, but everybody seemed really excited about it, and so I was like, "Huh? Okay, cool." <laughs> sure. It's it's one of those games that I used to play with my dad at the time. Cool. Well, I'd like to see what they do with it now. Yeah. I remember being proud of myself whenever I could figure <clears throat> out the puzzles before he did. Nice. Do you think that he uh, ever pretended to, you know, not figure them out for your benefit? I wouldn't be surprised knowing my dad. <laughs> Because my dad is the sort of dad that likes to encourage a lot. Duh. I have a really good dad. Oh. And, you know, you were young and impressionable, so you totally thought that you were able to figure them out before him. Yeah. Yeah. Great. <laughs> All right. Madam Ty, we are turning it over to you for our main topic. All right. Fun, fun. Which is? All right. So... I'm just going to really kind of briefly uh, talk about the kind of introduction, because there hasn't been very much before this. 
Um, but the trans community in gaming, you don't really talk about it very much. Um, you know, after, after coming out as trans and, you know, even before that, just, you know, trying to figure my own life out. Um, it was always interesting when I came across something, you know, involving it in a media that I enjoyed. And it really didn't happen very often. Um, but recently, I kind of want to bring this up because Magic the Gathering, I love you. First of all, a fun game. I hope you guys all really enjoy playing it because I certainly do. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, casually. Yeah, right. Same here. I could, don't think I could ever afford to play for realsies. I'll have to put, put you against my favorite um, Selesnia deck. Oh, I'd like that. That'd be fun. A Selesnia heroic deck. It's so stupid. super cool. That sounds oh, like a great beautiful. combo. I'll just make you, I've just been making a bunch of commander decks recently. Commander, what do? <laughs> <laughs> oh, captain, my captain. Um. Anyway, so speaking of commander decks, actually, it's a really good segue. Um. So Magic: The Gathering, one of the art, one of the authors for, for some of the storylines that they do. Uh, James Wyatt. He wrote an article about one of the characters in the newer arc, whose name is, uh, is Alicia, who smiles at death. And it's how she got her name. And it was a really resonating article because she's a trans character in a high profile, you know, game, which was really cool. Mm. I, you don't see that really. I think the only other example that I know about is Dragon Age Inquisition with Krem. And yeah, Krem's and fantastic. I don't really play the game very much, but... Bioware is definitely very intentional when they, I when they hear a word put that. stuff like that in. Oh, Bioware is very intentional when they, when they put stuff like that in. Oh, absolutely. And I'm really happy for them, for them that they do that. That's really cool and inclusive. Um, so yeah, I actually just recently got into making Commander decks because of Alicia. <clears throat> and so I decided to make one of her and then I, you know, got to read her whole story. And it's it's really interesting. She was able to take her name as she killed a dragon. In in this setting, dragons run rampant and the uh, clans of the Khans must um, war to take them down or else be annihilated by them because they're everywhere. Um, and so every person gets a war name when they actually successfully kill a dragon. And most people name themselves like Helm Splitter or Warbreaker or something like that. Oh, actually, Warbreaker is totally a Brandon Sanderson novel. Um, but Alicia decided to, to take her grandmother's name instead. And the cool thing was that when she did that, everyone just accepted her. And that was super, super cool. That gave me a ton of confidence to go forward with what I was planning. Nice. Cool. Um, I will actually link the article into the into the chat for whoever wants to end up to read it if they haven't already. Yeah, if if you want to just put it right there in the in the sure. document. In, yeah, oh, into in the, the document. Okay. Yeah, in the main topic, then yeah, it'll go right into the. Uh... Oh yeah, you found it already. Nice job. Yes. So I, I found it. That was very- good. Rock on. called Smooth Criminal, which is named after Krem. <laughs> um, Perfect. So it's black vodka and rum. Um, okay, so let me read the description. 
A blend of va- black vodka and rum provides Krem's drink with his strength of character, while elderflower liqueur and cola remind us of his whimsical streak. That sounds pretty awesome. I drink that. I would do. Oh my gosh, she looks like she has wings in that picture. That is the coolest. Yeah, that's actually... Isn't that a cool picture of her? Is, oh my that's gosh. Technically the, uh, that's technically the um, Mardu rune mark, which is a, a card featuring her. Okay. Uh, her actually as the as the card actually I'll pull up here momentarily. Oh, I see. I have that card. You have the rune mark. <laughs> that was in the dragon set, right? Yeah, exactly. Actually, I think that might have been in the deck that I used. There you go. Battle mastery. Yep, there it is in a sleeve and everything. Man, you take more better care of your cards than I do. I mean, it's beautiful. Enchant creature. Enchanted creature gets plus two, plus two. Enchanted creature has first strike as long as you control a white or black permanent. Oh, yeah. Definitely Mardu. That's super cool, though. I love that art. That art's sadly much better than her actual art, <laughs> which could be any sort of, like, red buff card. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I mean, I have this one, so I'm, I'm okay with it. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and the cool thing is, like, you wouldn't be able to tell if she was trans uh, if you just looked at the card. You'd actually have to, like, know the lore. Yeah. And that's that's really cool to me. Yeah. I mean, there's not much else to really talk about. I mean, oh, well, I have had a couple experiences in the trans gaming community that might be interesting to talk about. So I actually oh, do yes, a, a stream uh, every Saturday night <clears throat> where I, I do, I have a bunch of alcohol laid out. Yep. <laughs> and then drink that as I do difficult content on games. I like find some of the difficult, the most difficult content and do it. And most of the time fail. It's hilarious. People seem to have a lot of fun. And then, like about halfway through, if, if people are having a good time, we switch over to like cards against humanity or something like that. This got even better. It's a pretty good time. <laughs> oh yeah. It's a fantastic time. You guys should all ha- uh, hang out next time. I've done it a bit. Oh yeah. You did last time. That was really cool. Um, we should totally but, put a link to that. In the show notes as well. Oh yeah, I I will get a link for that. Is it the stereo real on Twitch? Yeah, I got the link here. Okay. Anyway, so so what are some particular highs of that that you've had? Like, are there any particular so, stories? Yeah, I got a high and a low for this. Um, where I have in the same night actually. Really? That that first night that I I did the like did it for real. Uh, streaming. I didn't have a face cam for half of it. I did for the other half. But for the first half, all you could hear was my voice. And people uh, from both the trans reddits and actually other reddit and then other people that just joined from like um, just being browsing Twitch joined. And we had a bunch of people having a ton of fun and basically ended up being a great experience for everybody. However, and that gave me like a a bunch of confidence. It gave me just, it had made me have a ton of fun. I'm glad that everyone was, you know, enjoying themselves. And it gave a lot of people a good place to be safe. But at the same time, we actually had a bunch of people being really shitty about it, where they saw the posts that I made on the trans reddits and came in specifically to ruin it. Mm-hmm. And they were, and they continually made new accounts as I banned them. It was pretty unfortunate, and they actually made it so we couldn't play Cards Against Humanity. Um, so that was unfortunate, so we just switched to Board Game Online. And we even had them there, but I just muted them so they couldn't do fuck all. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was pretty funny. It was like, yeah, you guys can play. Whatever. 
yeah, they were doxing me on there and then um, ruining the uh, auto DJ on the actual stream. But at least I um, was able to catch all these things. And with the exception of the doxing, I was able to prevent them from hurting the rest of the streamers mm-hmm. or the rest of the people in the stream. Yes. So it was, it was a pretty eye-opening experience, honestly, but definitely one that only gave me more strength to like say, Hey, fuck you guys, whatever. Yeah. Twitch streams are always a little, a little iffy on whether you're going to get positive That's true. stuff or, yeah, or negative yes, stuff, but yeah. Um, definitely experience though. But it sounds like we didn't have to deal with the same like level of shit that you did. No. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, and I don't expect not... that'll be the case every time either. Right. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's always fun to just shove it up or to tell someone to shove it and have the power to do so when they actually deserve it. it was. Oh yeah, and it wasn't even like most of it was just me being like just quick slash ban user and then not even say anything easy um i'm actually going to link you guys a little snippet from that stream that i thought was pretty cool you guys don't actually have to watch it but i'm going to link it to there so you guys can check out and see what it was like i mean i I had a fun experience absolutely shutting down someone earlier today when i was playing oh yeah um i mean it it wasn't too big of a thing it's just there was i was playing an aram um, I got a triple kill, and one of the enemy players called me. Um, and and pardon my language for this, just because I go ahead. But a gay cunt. Oh my gosh! Because <laughs> people in league are obviously grown up and adults. Um, oh, for sure, the most I mean, mature co- um, community in the internet. And afterwards, he was telling me, or they they were telling me. I don't know if it was a he or she. I should say they were telling me to report. Well, not me. They were telling everyone to report. Um couple of members on their team for being unskilled um to which i just simply responded frankly the second you went full homophobe i stopped giving a shit as to what you had to say nice and that was a good respectful thing to say and my, my entire team backed me up on it too nice that's good to hear you don't hear that very often on league that was fun cool good on you i love beating people up better <laughs> be beat up. and i know it's weird saying i love beating people up Especially the only How dare you? I know. I'm sorry. You have little much fun sometimes. Beautiful. Thank you, darling. <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much all I, all I have for for that. We'll see how things develop from here on out, because I'm going to plan to do every, that uh, stream every Saturday. Cool. I'll definitely try to be around for that. Ooh. Yeah, show up. We could... We could do drunk um, smite shenanigans. Uh-oh. You there? Uh-oh. <laughs> Sorry, what? We could do drunk smite shenanigans. Oh, heck yeah. I'm always up to that. For that. So, if you don't mind, that, that is assuming you don't mind going... No, no, that's all right. I don't mind. I was just being offered ice cream. Oh. Oh. Yes, please. I could not deny that request. You have your ice cream, I'll have my cheeses. So what's what, what's the game that you've been playing mostly? Hold on. You're gonna set that down because you got some extra stuff to talk about now. I'm sorry. Um, mainly, I've been playing Final Fantasy 14, but with a smattering of World of Warships. Okay. Well, why don't you tell us a lot about Final Fantasy 14? Um, 
So tell us like the things that you liked about it, the things you didn't like about it. Um, what's different from 13? What what makes it a unique as a game? Um, okay, so in particular, like a at, little at the history, game, like, a little history of the game here. So Final Fantasy XI was like was a thing back in like gosh the PS2 days. It was wow. it was a really fun game. People really enjoyed um, Final Fantasy XI, and it, and it enjoyed a lot of popularity and and subscribers. It was overall a, a a monetary success. So Square Enix was determined to try it again once the technology had you know evolved a little bit more. So around the time that like World of Warcraft was at its heyday, you had Guild Wars two out. And Final Fantasy XIII had just launched, and we were unsure about its, you know, its success, which ultimately was a shitty game. So <laughs> there is nothing to be said about that. Um, when that came out, they came out with fourteen as well, and it was another multiplayer online game, another MOBA, not MOBA, excuse me, MMO. Sorry, I've been playing too many MOBAs. <laughs> um, but so Final Fantasy XIV, when it, in its original form was probably one of the shittiest games that had ever been released and been, you know, by a major company in recent years. It was Wait, how, how long ago did that come out? That uh Final Fantasy 14 1.0 came back came out back in 2010-11, that okay. area. And it was an utter failure. Nobody wanted to play it and it had a global player base of 10,000 people. <laughs> Just absolutely tiny. And um, nobody wanted to play it. So they were like, okay, 13, bl- 13 bombed, 14 bombed. We're going to go out of business because of all this. So they had to figure out a way to save the game because they really did want to try. So they handed the reins of the development team over to a new person who is like Naoki Yoshida. And we just call him Yoshi P at this point. He took the reins of the game and performed live events in these servers that have never been seen since. He went around actually as a character and initiated events that were so popular that they brought thousands of people flocking to the game to try and experience these events. The newfound success gave him the amount of time and the money to revamp the game entirely and now it's a totally new game in 2.0 a realm a realm reborn we have an entirely new game that's almost built differently from the ground up it's the same world different story like continual with the 1.0 and they did a wonderful job figuring it all out um it's it's a game that has been down to the worst possible place and its developers learned how best to learn what the players themselves wanted because they knew that they would be finished if they didn't listen. Mm -hmm. So you have a ridiculous amount of content because in 1.0, there was no content. You didn't have anything for people to do. Sounds like a problem for a game. Yeah, you'd think. Mm -hmm. And they came out with it, but then they, they fixed it and it's been fixed in such a way where now there is so much content it's like it, it can almost swamp a new player. And, and that's a good thing because you're like, there is so much for me to do, so much to explore. This is a whole new world. It's really cool. I love I'm st- I've been playing the game for like a year now and I'm still like still finding new things. 
I just noticed that one of my Steam friends is playing it right now. It's it's quite excellent. Uh, check out the uh, the link I sent in the chat. Eventually, it's actually a video of one of the harder pieces of content in the game, and it's really interesting. And let's oh, see. Oh, the, the one from from your Twitch channel. Yeah, that's what okay. I was. That's what I was streaming. So there is. Um, yeah, I was fighting Garuda on extreme. So one of the hardest pieces of content out there. But as anyone who's actually played the game will know, it's not that hard. Mm-hmm. Some mm-hmm. once you get the hang of like the, the concepts, like all the mechanics kind of all blend together, and you can figure out how to do it. But if you're new, you get fucked. <laughs> Sounds like. And pardon I- my language. But it's it's pretty difficult for a new player to just go in without watching any videos or le- having any advice. So it's definitely a challenging game, and I love it for that. Wonderful, awesome. And oh, I guess the new the the newest thing that's going to be coming out is Heaven's Word. Heaven's Word is the first expansion to the game, and that's coming out on June twenty third. It's going to be incredible. The amount of content that they're releasing for it is just ludicrous. Mm-hmm. Um, we're getting flying mounts. There's a incredible amount of like <clears throat> airborne vistas and places to visit um, a bunch of new dungeons bigger uh, boss battles new raids it's just going to be a huge amount of new stuff oh and three new classes hmm. a new tank class new DPS class and a new healer class I like all of those classes they are all fun I don't think you can play all of them at the same time Ian <laughs> that's what you think I won't make it happen. I won't multi class. <laughs> I will get two you know super you should do? cards. I think you there's one just... class you can almost do that with. Or you have uh, separate accounts and you just party up with yourself. Multi box. Uh, on... Yeah. <laughs> you know, Perfect. For hand or two. You get the gamer glove going. You get the the controller going, and then you have like foot pedals for the last one. As as far as like crazy ideas for a stream, uh, go. This is, this, is <laughs> this is pretty great. I wonder if people would watch me failing at that epically. I think you'd get a few hundred people being like, "What the hell?" And then <laughs> if it wasn't interesting enough, they'd leave. Yeah, but that's cool though. It's it's a lot of fun. I I'd encourage you guys all to check it out. At least you know, do the free trial that they have out there. Mayhaps, perhaps. Perhaps. Yes. It sounds like uh, you're you're definitely. Um, enthusiastic about this enough that that you uh, think that it's definitely worth the monthly subscription of. Um, I do, and I'm a person that actually was really against monthly subscriptions before I went into this. I was always critical of those games that like that wanted you to pay per month to experience their content. And I was like, oh, well, first of all, I'm poor as hell, so yeah. I can't afford that. And secondly, it's like, why would I pay that if I can just you know like. Pay sixty bucks for Guild Wars Two. Why can't I just do that? Well, yeah. after playing Guild Wars Two, I realized they just don't put quite enough content into the game. There's just there's not enough stuff. They said they were going to, but uh, they just never delivered, which is really sad. Yeah, I put so much trust into that game, but now I've luckily been redeemed by Final Fantasy, our Lord and Savior. <laughs> how much? How much is the monthly subscription for Final Fantasy Fourteen? Um, so it's. It's fifteen a month, but I think you can make a like a there's like a a starter kind of subscription where you can do like twelve ninety a month or something like that, and you can have one character, which is actually fine since you can play all the roles with that one character. You just switch okay. um, from class to class; they each have their own XP bar. 
that, that actually sounds like a pretty good conference. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, I would encourage you guys to give the free trial a shot. Mm-hmm. You get like trial. 14 days or something like that to give it a try. Actually, I might have just 14 days to chill and do that after I graduate in like two weeks. Nice. Yeah. What, yeah, give it a try. After I get back from the canoe trip. I, um, I'm on the server Hyperion. And that'll be easy for me to remember. <laughs> Is there a moment? Because uh, Borderlands, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. Uh, they do have a character creation, like restriction where you can't actually create a character on the server until like godly hours of night um because it's a legacy server it's an it's an old server from the 1.0 hmm. oh. uh, so, so it ends up being full of like really nice people in my experience so is the is the restriction on on the time of day is is that like the servers in a different time zone kind of thing uh no 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 that's just for creating the characters you can log in at any time Right, but once okay. you create the character, that's what ha- time it has to be at. That's very strange. <laughs> yeah, I agree, but it keeps people from making like a billion characters mm. okay. and overflowing the server. Got it, got it. Right, because um, yeah, because free trial, so there's no barrier to entry. Right, exactly. Cool. Yeah, we'll definitely have to check that out. Yeah, definitely would recommend. So we were talking about. Uh, yeah. If, uh, are we done with Final Fantasy fourteen then? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um. So, if you guys are into Magic the Gather, which it sounds like everybody here is, uh, you'll definitely enjoy Hearthstone. And uh, so for the last few weeks, you know, they've been releasing the different wings of their of their boss encounters for the uh for Blackrock Mountain. Um, and this week. So each week I've just been like talking about what each of the bosses is like uh, in the in the current iteration. Um, none of the cards for this week were really impressive for you know the the reward ones. Um, I didn't see any that that really high as things that I wanted to use. Um, but the the bosses were really really interesting to try and take down because um, so the the first one uh, the first one was actually kind of kind of ordinary. Um, it just had uh, this hero power where it would like create uh, a new egg each turn, and then it would give health to each of its the, the eggs that it had. And if the eggs got to four health or more, then um, they would hatch into like a scary dragon thing. Um, but I didn't I didn't find it too difficult to like keep those eggs from getting too far up in health. Um, so I didn't find that boss to be overly challenging. Um, the second one was actually really interesting because it, so, so all of these are obviously based on like World of Warcraft characters and bosses and stuff. And, um, the second boss was originally a character that was like, it was a dragon that was on your side, but then got mind controlled into fighting against players. And so, uh, but but it it had just enough control to like give the players buffs uh before they had to fight it right so to to use that concept in in Hearthstone what they did was they just um gave it the ability where it would make each player draw two cards every single turn so basically you you were drawing three cards a turn instead of one um and that was really nice 
for like especially if you're playing uh, a really aggressive like um zoo deck where you know you're you're playing a lot of small creatures so i just played with my aggressive deck and and beat it um it worked out pretty well uh the third boss was a little a little weird actually it was it was really cool to f- try and figure out how to beat it because each turn it would give you a card in your hand um that was a spell card but the spell cards either gave like you disadvantages or gave advantages to the enemy so like it would be things like as long as this card is in your hand you um you take uh one damage at the beginning of each of your turns or as long as this card is in your hand uh, the the enemy's minions cost one less kind of thing. And so you had to like basically strategically choose whether you wanted to let those bad things happen or if you wanted to spend an extra mana to get rid of the, those cards from your hand. Um, and that was a really interesting mechanic. Um, and I f- sort of found a way to get around it with a few of my cards where they... Uh, you know, like I have, I have some cards that cost a little bit less than they normally would, but you have to discard like two random cards from your hand in order to balance it out, you know? And it was really nice when like I would play one of those and then the random card that got discarded was one of the bad cards that the enemy gave me. Um, and then the final boss was actually mechanics though. It was, yeah. And that like, um, so, so Polygon wrote this article about like how they came up with the ideas for all of these bots, and the guy who is who is talking about them was like, "Yeah, this is easily the most unique mechanic that I've ever made for the game, and we're going to be like monitoring carefully how players um, react to this to see if we if this is something that we want to introduce to the wider game as like cards that players can actually play on each." Um, so I, I kind of hope that that, that, that we really get to cool. see that. Good. Yeah, um, and, and obviously, yeah. I mean, they'll have to do a lot of careful balancing for that. But they're Blizzard; they know how to balance things, right? <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the the last boss. There were actually four in this wing instead of instead of three. Um, he was really hard. So um, this is this is the character Nefarious, or I mean Nefarian, who. Um, was originally egging you on to go against Ragnaros. And then after you defeated Ragnaros, he kind of took over Black Rock Mountain and was like, why are you still here? Like, get out of here. You, you know, I don't need you anymore. Um, but then when you stuck around and started defeating his minions, uh, you know, he gets mad at you. So um, his, his ability on turn one immediately turns him into this gigantic dragon that has like... Um, has a 20 armor and has 10 mana, all 10 mana crystals on the first. It is so scary. Um, so basically you just have to like try to stay alive uh, for long enough for Nefarian to play out his hand and have no more options. Um, so I'm, I'm assuming that like playing uh, classes that are really good at late games, such as, you know, like the priest or, um, would be a good idea, um, but to help you out, uh, actually comes back and kind of gives you a few minions. Every, uh, well, a uh, one minion every turn um, that costs zero mana, and that is definitely like a saving grace. <laughs> boss is you know when you're when you're facing 
suddenly you have like this six, six with taunts ready to go and it's like oh thank goodness i wouldn't be able to survive without it oh gosh um, yeah and it did take me a few trucks to, to beat the fan, but eventually able to do it and i didn't have to like in my decks too much i just, I just played with the best deck that's that available um and it eventually worked out okay um, the, I, I went and chuck, checked out the uh, heroic mode for Nefarian just just for kick, and not only so, like thirty extra armor, and oh gosh. Ragnaros doesn't like Ragnaros gives you one minion on like first turn, but then after that, um, you know Ragnaros is like I'm gonna send minions to help you, uh, you know, hero. And then Nefarian was like, not in heroic mode, and that was that. Like you never got any more. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Basically, <laughs> I, screw I, I, you. But when they get a little meta and you know <laughs> break the fourth wall, there. That's um, awesome. I like that. I've really been enjoying the the uh, bosses in Black Rock and the way they, you know, they're built more as puzzles. For the player to figure out, rather than like as as decks that you could be while playing against another player, you know, you're, because you're it, it yeah, you're dying a little uh, bit there. Of course, I am. I mean, ugh. my house makes it to you know spend money for for internet that has twelve megabits down and one megabit up. So I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's. It's a hard life, but I only have to deal with it for four months, you know, one semester. It's okay. <laughs> Try killing your video feed might be able to get more bandwidth for your sound. That is the best idea that I've had heard all evening. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's... Uh, and see, I can hear you now. This is wonderful. Awesome. Um, so yeah, that's, that's Blackwing Air, the third out of... Or, I mean, fourth out of five um, wings for the... Uh, for the Black Rock Mountain expansion for Hearthstone. I enjoyed it, but I didn't. I didn't think that the the reward cards were all that interesting. Um, yeah. I'm done. No, oh, that's really <laughs> cool. I like it. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I've only sold my soul to Hearthstone. You know, trying to play enough each week to make 700 gold to get that next uh, <laughs> that next wing. Um, it takes a bit of time. <laughs> and and it also uh has taken my attention away from magic the gathering but let's be honest you know i don't have anybody really physically present to play magic the gathering with consistently so Hearthstone i will say play if you want. i love doing that that's fun yeah yeah i don't know it's still it's not quite the same no it's not unfortunately soon soon i will be able to beat your ass in Hearthstone? No, in Magic the Gathering. Oh. Let's face it, I've kind of uh, given okay. up on beating you in Hearthstone. You <laughs> <laughs> got yeah. a badass over here. I mean, I'm definitely not as good as Sam, but uh, Sam's been playing it for a very, very long time. Yeah. And le- and there's no way that I'm ever going to really beat him legitimately in, in Magic the Gathering because... We figured out uh, last week that Sam carries more value around with him in magic cards than I carry with me in electronics. Oh, geez. Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy. And knowing you, that's actually a lot of money. It is. Um, It it could be more because 
uh, I've consciously made the the decision to just have a, a terrible cheap laptop. Um, but I mean, I still have three devices that I carry with me. Uh, please don't mug me, listeners. <laughs> yeah. Don't mug any of us. That would be yeah. We would not enjoy that. Uh, so, do we want to talk about World of uh, Warships, or, or are we uh, are we going I can all? Come back for another time. That'll okay. Be fun. Cool. Yeah. I like being a guest on this. This is cool. <laughs> yeah, and hopefully not, not two years in between this time, eh? <laughs> oh yeah. Let's, let's hope like maybe a month. Um. So next week, actually, uh, I do know one of the things that we're going to be reviewing is Broken Age Act 2, because that's coming out on the 28th, oh boy. I believe, yeah, and uh, Andrew Bailey's going to be that. playing that, and I'm definitely going to try and play it this week. Um, I don't have Senior Sem to work on, so I'll probably have time! Woo! You got any idea what you're going to be doing, Ian? Um, um, practicing and working on my paper. No, of course. And that's okay. I, I don't fault you for that. <laughs> oh, and I suppose also I'll be able to talk about the final wing of uh, Black Rock Mountain. That'll be coming out. So, yay! Thanks for listening, everybody. Oh boy. This has been uh, 8-Bit. I'm Ian Buck. And I'm Ian Decker. And I'm Tyriel. Signing off. Buzz, 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 Hello. Buzz, 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 buzz. Big week. Big week. Why? I didn't, I didn't answer. You still has, like lights in my room. Yes, you heard nothing. Does beer freeze? Yes. Eventually. Huh. Doesn't have a high enough alcohol content to to uh, make it not freeze. It, it it'll because it does have some alcohol. Eventually, in it. everything freezes though. Like yeah. like if you stored it in a trunk and stored it in somebody's garage. And then put a bunch of dead prostitutes on it. Will it freeze? Well, those frozen. wouldn't add very much heat, I'm guessing. Well, this is a legitimate question. Well, they were pretty hot. They're all dead. What, what, oh, why are we hoping they're all dead? Oh, I died trying to save an idiot. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. Ryan, sometimes you're too clever for your own damn good. Whoa! My intentions were three seconds ago. So what did you want to do? Um, I wanted to grab the links to my... Um, you're gonna have to repeat that. (laughs) Something happened. Client crashed. You know, I always get kicked out of this crap. I wonder why. You get a new graphics card in here. But while I was making dinner, I just kept hearing things like, uh, surprise, bitch! Okay, when I went first person, I just threaded the needle like it was no big deal, though. That's the thing. I'm bored when I um, sit here at night, and uh, I just have you on in the background, so I, uh, I just uh, do that. Hi. <laughs> I'm glad we mean that much to you. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, could... So long as you haven't had sex while listening to our show yet, I think we're good. No, probably not. Why was that the first thing that you thought of? 
I don't know. <laughs> There's something wrong with us. Furthermore, furthermore, it wouldn't be in the studio. <laughs> I can't think of a sexier place. <laughs> I'm not recording in the it. world. <laughs> But, Ryan, you got to record everything, obviously. So then I whisper into your ear, should I record this? <laughs> Hold on while I tweet that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> God. Ironically, the thing that'll get her turned on the most is watch out for cars. Uh.